the greatest gift that mental fitness has given me is that for a good 12 years, at least five days a week, I'm doing something for my mind. It's not always the same thing, but there's something early morning that I'm doing, whether it's journaling, meditation, or breath work, like something that I have the confidence then that I have the tools when shit's gonna happen in the day because life is gonna happen, right? That's the big game that we're all playing. This is a Soul Fire production. All right, all right. Welcome back or welcome to the show. You're listening to episode 99. 99. Yo, it's almost 100 episodes. And this is Yes And the podcast, by the way. I'm your host, Judy Holler. I'm a keynote speaker, author, and the creator of the House of And, which is a no BS improv inspired lifestyle brand on a mission to empower you to open new doors in your life. I am so damn glad you're here. And today's High Vibe episode is sponsored by Advocare, a wellness company on a mission to support your health needs with High Vibe tools, resources, and products. So make sure you check them out, babe. In our show notes, learn more about them, support this podcast when you go shopping and get discounts because you listen. Okay, so today's episode, ooh, it's going to crack you wide open and it couldn't be better timing because we're all embarking on the reflection that comes with ending one year and starting a new one. I, I love this time of year. So much. I love the liminal space between what was and what will be. This this space to reflect and reset and rethink. And I love it so much so that I actually make it a part of my business and my life four times a year. So that's right. I essentially celebrate New Year's four times to recalibrate, to reset, and to realign my personal and professional intentions. It's fucking magical and I'm so here for it. I mean, think about it. The world is changing and you are changing every five seconds. So while it's important to have your eye on the big picture of who you want to be tomorrow, the fundamental question is what are you doing today to make sure that that version of who you want to become becomes a reality. Like what do I need to do today and tomorrow and this week and this month to hold myself accountable to my priorities so that I'm not going down the black hole of always chasing around everyone else's. So today's episode is so timely because it's going to be full of the questions and the tools And the opportunities you have right in front of you to level up. Not just next year in 2022, but beyond, right? Like what does 2042 you look like? And more importantly, what are you doing right now, this quarter, this month, this week, today to make sure she or he becomes a reality? So number one, let's talk about goal-focused planning. Uh, last year, I created 
a goal-focused planner. It's called the Vibe and Thrive Planner. It's a 90-day planner that combines mental health uh, practices, high-performance habits, and the unique twist, the improv mindset to keep you moving forward, right? In small blocks of time while tracking your yearly progress. Now, if you haven't gotten a copy of our planner, you may want to. You can link up in the show notes, search me up on Amazon. You'll see all my books and products. And of course, you can click the link in my bio on Instagram. But this planner is, and these rituals and these habits and these choices every day that service prompts inside the planner is really truly my daily obsession. And when I started goal focus planning almost seven years ago now, it really changed everything for me. And I have found that by working in 90 day windows in quarters with small daily actions, I have been able to transform my life, my business and my bank account. Now, having said that, you could have the fanciest planner in the world and it actually doesn't fucking matter what planner you you use. Because if you don't have a possibility-driven mindset, none of it will work. Planner aside, it doesn't matter what you use or what system you get down with or how you schedule your life. What matters is how you speak to yourself, how you prepare, how you take action, and how you view the world and the space you take up inside of it. Okay, so that brings me to tool number two. I want you to mark your calendar, baby. It is officially here. We have opened registration for our New Year, New You workshop. And honestly, at the date I'm recording this, we haven't officially titled the masterclass, but essentially it is a masterclass that is gonna help you slide into the new year with more swagger and really turn up the volume on the way you think about turning your dreams into goals. And most importantly, we are going to help you think like an improviser. It is rooted. This course will be rooted in the possibility-driven mindset. And we will be teasing out for the first time ever our methodology, our four truths that will help you open new doors and brace for the impact that is inevitable in this life. So it's going to be a live virtual event taught by me. It is the Wednesday in between Christmas and New Year's on December 29th. It's going to be from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't worry, we'll have breaks. It is going to be high vibe. It, trust me, you will not be bored. Uh, so mark your calendars, link in the show notes to get yourself registered. Uh, and what's so awesome about this workshop is that it's going to be different than anything you've seen from me because like I said, it's going to be the first time I ever publicly reveal our house of and methodology. Uh, that's right. It's a methodology we're trademarking that is really designed to help you open new doors and make real progress in your life. And so I've had this dream on my heart for quite some time to build a lifestyle brand that represents and reminds you of what's possible when you're brave enough to open new doors in your life. In fact, that's our mantra. Uh, on the back of every one of our t-shirts is open the door. On the front is a big old ampersand. It's the and symbol, our custom and symbol. Um, It's called an ampersand in case you didn't know. Uh, And on the back of all those shirts, no matter whether it's a hoodie, a t-shirt, whatever, it says open the door. And we just dropped an F-bomb collection. If you like a good F-bomb like a girl, we do have 
t-shirts and hoodies, if that's your thing, that say open the fucking door and you know your girl's rocking those. But t-shirts aside, we are on a mission to empower. The House of And is where ambition and improvisation collide to help you create a guts over fear mindset and courageously say, bring it on to possibility, even if it feels scary. And here's the thing, if you're afraid, you are probably doing it right. Our methodology is motivated by improv's guiding tenet of yes and with the secret to it all being unlocking the power of and because and is where the magic happens. It's a symbolic manifestation of adding something new into the mix. It's where discomfort meets joy. It's where what could go wrong becomes what could go right. It's where you confidently run towards opportunities, goals, and dreams while unlocking the superpowers you've already got inside you. So I built a four-part methodology to teach you how to use the transformative power of and, not just now as you plan for this new year, but also as you continue to celebrate your micro new years along the way and many, many moons to come. So visit us at House of And, that's H-A-U-S of And, and.com to learn more. We'll link it up in the show notes. And oh my gosh, I hope to see you on December 29th. Tell your friends, tell your mama, tell whoever's going to listen. Uh, it's going to be a party, no doubt about it, and a no BS masterclass that will help you finally kick open the doors you've been afraid to. All right. And number three, last but certainly not least, one of the most powerful things you can do as you start thinking about who you want to be next year and beyond is to ask better questions, to ask questions to yourself that will upgrade your life. And as Mark Champagne writes in his incredible book, Personal Socrates, at any point, you are one question away from a different life. So I ask you, are you ready? Are you ready to ask and answer the questions that are going to get you to where you want to go? All right. And guess what? I have a special surprise for you because guess who I have on the podcast today? That's right. The one and only Mark Champagne. He is the author of Personal Socrates. And let me tell you something. This book is insane. It is literally insane. I can count on one hand, Maybe, okay, so maybe a hand and a half. There's seven books that have fundamentally changed the way I think, which has caused me to change my life, right? Books don't change you. The idea in the book sparks something in you so that you go forth and change yourself, right? But we need the thinkers to give us the ideas that spark just the thing we need at just the time we need it in order to help us move. And movement is a big part of what we do, obviously, in our community, in the House of And, and most certainly with the Yes And Mindset. So Mark's book is phenomenal. It is one of those books. I'm literally giving it to everyone I know for Christmas. Um, It is something that will 
be a gift in your life now and for many seasons to come. And it will most certainly change your life and the way you look at it. So I knew I had to get him on the show because as we think about going into our, our workshop, our new year, new you, as we start to think about reflecting uh, on who we were and where we want to go as we really round out this last year of goal-focused planning, we have to think about the questions we need to be asking, not only to reflect, but to reset. So Mark unpacks the mental fitness practices and questions shaping the lives of some of the most successful and brilliant thinkers in the world. He is the host of a top 50 podcast, a podcast called Behind the Human with 200 plus interviews. And he has studied mental fitness practices for over a decade. And today we give you big things to think about as you plan for next year. So yo, get ready, buckle up. If you need to take a break, hit pause, do some jumping, jumping jacks, stretch it out, get a notebook, get a notebook for this one, get a pen. Let's go. We got some ideas. We got some, some inspiration for you. We got questions you need to be asking. You are going to love this episode. I cannot wait for you to listen. So let's go, shall we? Here is my conversation about asking better questions and getting ready for a new year with Mark Champagne. All right, Mark Champagne in the house. I mean, first of all, your last name is Champagne. How did you know, honey? How did you know? <laughs> I love it. I'm in okay. Champagne Studios here, there coming is live. Champagne Studios. Listen, I don't, I don't drink too much anymore. I did. So you know what I did this year? Speaking of big questions, we've got to ask ourselves. Uh, I asked myself the question in January. Hmm. Do I think I may be drinking too much? And I did 200 days alcohol-free this year, which was really cool. Wow. Um, so while I love champagne and I still partake uh, on occasion, I've really reset my relationship with alcohol, but I couldn't not call out the fact that I'm obsessed <laughs> with your name. You were like born to be an author. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'll take that received. Yes. I'll take whatever characteristics I can for people to remember, whether it's the gray hair or the champagne yes. as a last name. I love it. I love it. Okay, so you know what? I'm just going to go there. Did you always know you wanted to write books? Like, did you know you would have a published work in the world? Was that like a dream? Absolutely not, Judy. I had <laughs> no idea. I mean, I, I spent a good decade plus in the corporate world, mm. really happy actually. And just you know, following that path, right? Every couple of years, job change. I can see where things were going. This whole other aspect, I guess, or, or phase or season of my life right now, which has turned into, you know, entrepreneurship and 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 uh, apps and mental fitness, and now the book, completely unplanned. And it feels so right though now. Now it's yeah. now it's a little bit more planned. I mean, there's definitely reflection there. Um, but no, to answer your question, had no idea, no idea, and no intention to ever write a book. And I can't wait to write another one. Oh my gosh! Well, this book, personal Socrates. Um, can you quickly for those? It, I, I'm at a loss for words because that's how good it is. Like, it, there are not many books I pick up that I really feel are going to change 
the trajectory of my life. And there have been a few. I mean, I love reading and I read all the time, but there are some books you pick up that you feel were really written for and made for the way your mind works, the way your brain processes information, the way, so let me go there first. The sure. way you laid out this book felt a little untraditional, which was cool. It had this Tim Ferriss vibe to it. Were you inspired by the way he writes books, by the way? Because you take these big interviews, you've interviewed rock star human beings. You've got so much data to call on. Did you sort of use uh, Tim's books as an inspiration because the way it was DJed out was not like, hello, chapter one, idea one, this is what you do. It was like, yo, here's my talk. Here's my talk with this person. Here's what I pulled from it. Here's why this matters. And here's how you can use it. Like so fucking actionable. Talk to me about the process of putting oh, this book together. You are, you are just the best. I love I love the setup to these questions. I mean, so you, you did nail it. I mean, the two big inspirations, first of all, as I was writing the book, I had two of Tim Ferriss's giant, you know, encyclopedia style. So I'm looking style, at them right, right now. Yeah. I'm looking at them they right were, now. They were my monitor props to essentially keep me focused and inspired by his writing. The other person was Ryan Holiday, who's in the book, Ooh, as you know. Yes. Um, just because, again, like his work with the Daily Stoic is is something that's in my own routine in the morning to just prime my mind. And I, I've always loved how uh, how inviting the content is. It's not, you know, it's not overwhelming. Literally mm. one page reflections that can change, your, you know, the, the course of your day. So for me then, when when deciding to to you know, pick the profiles for the book. Some, as you, as you mentioned, I've, I've def anyone that's living today, I've interviewed that, that are in the book and the ones that have, have passed, obviously I haven't like Picasso or Coco yeah. Chanel. Oh, I loved the Picasso section. Oh my God. <laughs> really, really good. Really. One of my favorites so far. We'll pin that for oh, a minute. Good. Yeah, let's do that. Um, but as I was, as I was thinking about how to go about doing this, I was trying to think of like how, like what would I like, you know, how, mm. how would I actually consume this so that it's not just another self-help type book where we read it. It seems interesting at the time. And then that's kind of it. We don't actually implement it, you know? Mm. So for me, I was trying to figure out, I'm not regurgitating interviews I've done. I'm trying to write the profile based on the inspiration from the conversation and in like Picasso's case, that was a different uh, flow with like going through their lives and right. understanding, you know, their work and their thought process. But with them too, I'm not writing a biography on Picasso. And thankfully my editor was awesome at that and reminded me like, there are other people, those are other books. Your, right. your job is to provide the mental fitness angle and leave people with the questions that hopefully can land no matter where, you know, no matter where we're at in life. Yeah, right. 100%. Um, you mentioned Ryan Holiday. You're like, yeah, you've probably read that one. I haven't. And here's why. I am moving through the book the way you recommend at the beginning. Yes. So I am legit. Uh, you guys, you could literally, I'm taking it question like literally he has it separated by question. And so, for example, on page 66, it says, what is my art reflecting? That's the question. That's the root. And he profiles Pablo Picasso. Okay. And so you could wake up in the morning and 
begin your day or end your day, whatever your vibe is, with that question, read the chapter, and then write. So I highly recommend, while he's got pages in here to freestyle and write within the body of the book and in the back, get a notebook. Get a notebook, get your yeah. favorite pen, and read this with a journal um, because you will want to go deep. So Picasso, let's just talk about that really quick. Well, let me back up to Ryan Holiday. I haven't yeah. read Ryan's yet because I'm doing what you said. I am literally reading it day by day, taking a question by day and allowing that to inspire my day. And that was an intentional choice, you offering that suggestion. Well, because Correct? I think so. Absolutely. Because so first of all, the, the whole premise of the book is that all of us, no matter where we're at in life, we're all one question away from a different life or a different outcome. Mm, and here, the here. only way that that is true is that you land on a question that resonates with you. Mm. Right. So for 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 you, I mean, Ryan Holiday's prompt and his profile may not be what you need right now. You might need that in in four hours from now or at another time. But there are other questions and other prompts that are resonating, which then makes it a quality question for you. Right. Just like for me, I mean, for there, there are people always ask, you know, like, what's your favorite question, your favorite profile? I mean, I have the favorite questions and favorite profiles today but if I'm doing my job properly in a month or two those should change right the the yeah. book should evolve with you like a good yeah. question does a hundred percent it should I think that's beautiful because you know that's one of the questions I was gonna ask you right like come on Judy get original but I'm like dude I wonder if like so you know on the back of the book you do say and it's just really lovely you know at, at one at any at any point we're one question away from a completely different life. And something we say in our community is that um, you are, our mantra is open the door, right? When you open new yeah. doors to um, new experiences, people, places, things, you open the door to what's possible, right? And we use and to move forward, right? This transformational yeah. power of and. And I'm always saying, and I say this on the stage, I'm like, you know, listen, you're one door, dude, one door away from a completely different life. The fundamental question is, are you you brave enough to open it, right? And so I tell the story of like at improv, me opening my first improv classroom door. So that's the like the point of that of that story. But yeah, you you've got to have questions that you go to time and time again. So we're about to embark yeah. on a new year. Is there like one question at at this time of year, this beautiful liminal space, we're no longer who we were and we're not yet where we're going next year. Is there one question you like ask yourself every new year as you, as you pre prepare and plan or does that change too? Oh, I mean, no, I mean, so th there's a profile in the book, which is the last one and that's mine. And it's all I can't about wait to read it. I haven't done it yet. I didn't even do it before this interview because I yeah. really want to wait. Well, so that one is perfect for, I mean, you can use it at any Maybe point, but it, okay. it is, it is written for an end of year kind Ooh. of reset or reflection. And I mean, the flow or the theme is, is similar and you can use this on a weekly basis as well. Obviously, you know, you can dial it back a bit, so it's not as, as time consuming, but basically the flow or the theme is to first get clear on, you know, how did the year transpire? Like who are you because of, of the things that have happened? Who, mm. what kind, where did you spend your time, for example? Then I give some examples on, like, just there are three really easy and fast ways to, to do a very quick review. You can pull out your, if you have a journal, you can yeah. quickly thumb through or, or, or go through the pages and see, like, look at those moments that, that cause you to say, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. 
you know, and write that down and start keeping a list and then open up your calendar and take a look just very high level. Like, okay, what did I do? What were the big events? What were some of the, Mm. you know, the really impactful conversations that I had? And the other one that most of us don't think about, but you open up your phone and you pull up your photos for the year. Oh, I love that. And just see, like, it's, this one came to me probably three or four years ago when we were running uh, the journaling app, because at that point in my life, I remember aggressively screenshotting every successful like app screen that I would see because we're like, Hey, we should do this too. Or we should. So that oh, year I remember seeing all of these screen grabs, right. Wow. And it just, it, and it just made a mark for the year. So first it's understanding where we came from, from that mm-hmm. year and celebrating those, uh, those situations, then asking questions like, you know, what did I learn this year? And everything I'm saying now, again, you can dial it back and do for the week. What did I learn this week? Mm. What would I have changed this week? Or what would I have changed this year? And then lastly, the, the for me, for all of these practices is always to finish on gratitude and just, just ask the question, you know, what can I celebrate about the year? Yeah. Right. And it just sets a nice theme um, to then move into, okay, well, now that I've identified all of this and I'm, I'm getting clear, well, now, like, how how do I want the next chapter to play out? Because we can all write that chapter, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, are you, are you brave enough to pick up the pen and start putting that ink on paper, right? It's just yeah. that next step. And so I think you offer us, like, I'm sneak peeking here, page 256. Um, what do I want for, for my life is a question to ask. You know, what did the last 12 months look like? Where can I be more focused and intentional? And you know what's something else? The phone one I love. So I do a calendar scan, a journal scan, a photo scan. You know what else I've been doing lately? I've been doing this in months. I have been doing, I'm still old school. So for those of you little whippersnappers that are listening to this that have no idea what a check register is, um, you can go (laughs) on, open your online bank statement. But I've been like going through my check register and looking at and noticing and processing where I spend my money. Because if you show me your check register, if you show me your balance statement, I'll also see your priorities, right? I'll see where you're investing in yourself, where you're spending time with your family, where you're wasting, um, you know, and money's energy, right? So I think that could even be a a cool bullet point to add. Just do a sort of audit there as well. But really it's just, it's all about that reflection. So, okay, let me go back to Picasso. Sure. So page 70. So I love Picasso because he is the epitome of one of our earliest improvisers, if you ask me. I mean, jazz is improv, art is improv. Um, So Picasso is one of our, you know, earliest improvisers. And one of the questions um, you ask us to ask ourselves in this chapter is, you know, what is on necessary. Um, What are the things that I'm either holding on to or doing that's unnecessary? And there's a line that says, um, take time to slow down. Well, it's a little paragraph. Do you mind if I read it from your Yeah, I've got, yeah, absolutely. Wait, do you have page 70 open? I do. Okay, will you read, oh, this is fun. Will you read that section where it says, take time to slow down, like that whole paragraph? Listen up. This is improv, guys. This is improv. From Picasso. I love it. (laughs) from Picasso. All right. So yeah, page 70, take time to slow down, eliminate distractions and judgment from others or yourself and be clear in what you want on your canvas of life. As we have seen in the old guitarist, it's one of his famous pieces of work. 
Uh, it can take many iterations and requires to paint over previous work to reach the final result we are ready to present to the world. It's through this experimentation and discovery that we find the person we want to be, not someone else, but the real you. And the example here with the old guitarist is that they did, um, earlier in that profile, I, I described how they, they x-rayed that painting, and there's actually other paintings underneath of it, right? So it's, it's I mean, we don't know, but it's, it's interesting to know that what you see on the outside is obviously not always the full story, right? Mm. And just Picasso as well, I mean, he he had to go through the same life struggles and emotions that we all do. So it's just a perspective. Uh, you know, for me, this stuff is always a perspective shift or a pause to be, you know what, I'm not alone in this whole scenario. Other people are going through this as well. Here's a different perspective. Mm, I thank you for that. And I had full body chills when I read that because this is the root of a possibility-driven mindset, right? And the yes and lifestyle, and most importantly, the transformative power of the one word. And, and I think so many of us buy the course that says five minutes to famous or uh, 10 days to published. And what we don't realize is that there's <laughs> yeah. no five minutes to fucking anything, right? There yeah. is only iteration. Uh, there is only the ability to fail and, and, and start over. And honestly, if you have failed or if you could fail, I say congratulations because my goodness, it is one, how you know you're doing it right. If there's a chance you could fail at something, you're it's probably big enough. You're probably doing it right. And if you failed, congratulations, because you have uh, just received an incredible data stream. So that leads me to... Um, probably what I think shaped so much for you. You talk about it in the book and I don't want to be assumptive, but my goodness, you built your journaling app to like 60 million users, 90 million. There was, there were 86.9 million app store impressions. Jeez, whatever that means, something fancy that means. So hold on for the lay, for the lay, the lay woman over here. Um, That would mean like 86 million ish people touched, downloaded, experienced the app? That would be, you're walking through the airport, you glanced over and saw Time Magazine, one App Store impression. The people that walked in, picked up the magazine and downloaded, we had, what did we have, near, close to 300,000 people. Good God. So not, I mean, not insignificant, but first of all, I mean, just to set the context, because we, we didn't have any experience in, in this market, and most apps are lucky lucky to get a thousand right. impressions. Incredible! Or, so it was it was definitely in the in the like the top one percent. And I'm only you know the you know how the story goes. I'm only sharing this to set the context. Right, right, right. <laughs> so that's my question. This venture that you quit your job for, move yeah. your family for. Uh, move, transplant your kids, like everything changes. And you say, take a bet on me because we are going to the, to the corner office in the sky, baby. This is going to be the thing, right? Like, and not that's what you thought success was, but you get my point. Like you get your wife on board, you get everything going, whatever's happening. And you had to walk away. It failed. It did not work. And gulp, like, that, like, I'm reading the book, like, 
edge on the edge of my seat going, well, what was the first question he asked himself? What was the first thing he did? Tell us about that question. Tell us about the question that set you on the course of where you are now and helped you reset from that heartbreaking failure. Yeah, well, it was, man, that was such, such a challenging time, obviously, because I'll never forget. I was in Toronto, Canada that time in a co-working space. Our team, we were a small team of about five, but everyone was kind of scattered around the world. And I'm sitting there by myself at this table, got my laptop open. I see that number in the Apple dashboard, 86.9 million people. And my next step is hit delete from App Store. And, you know, it was, I deleted an app, but I also deleted a business, the my identity for the last three years. Oh, my heart just like is in pieces. Like being it, it, a business builder and a business yeah. owner, like, like wh- wh- oh, what a devastating loss, right? Delete. Well, delete. And I guess the, the, the hardest part, speaking, you know, coming from the, from the person that is obsessed with questions and helping people find the best questions, I was asking all the wrong questions. Like, mm. how could we fail at such a colossal level? Like, what would my family think? And rem- remember, I mean, I, like I said, I quite enjoyed the work that I was doing. So the other question was, what would the, my ex-colleagues think that I could still see their face when they came into my office and I was saying, you know what, I'm going to leave because I would regret not trying this this idea, and I'm super energized. And I remember them looking back at me with the, they didn't say this, but I could feel it. They almost wanted to say, I have an idea too, but mm. you're so courageous for, for trying. <gasps> wow. Now what? Right now, I you know, it's almost like, uh, I knew it wouldn't work type thing. Like, mm. no one said that, but that's what was going through my mind. Mm. And, you know, that those were all the wrong questions, obviously. And, and, and I knew better, but at that moment, I mean, I was plagued with, with fear. I was, I was held back with fear and anxiety of, okay, well, how are we going to pay our bills? Like we're living in a place that was always supposed to be temporary and the two-year-old at that point, I That's mean, is that too. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, you know, is that stress and we're doing everything possible as parents, obviously, to, to shield him from that. But, you know, having kids, like, they pick up on everything. Yeah. So it's, you know, how do you, how do you move forward when the backup plan to go back to that corporate world doesn't feel right anymore? Because mm-hmm. now I've landed on the work that really, really resonates with me. I can feel like this is the stuff I should be doing. But I just deleted the vehicle that was keeping me in that space and I don't have a plan forward for the first time in my life since probably university um, and it was finally just tapping into gratitude practices and trying to be as present as possible that I was able to, to just just pause the narrative long enough to ask the question what do I want for my life which that's the question that pulled me out of what was quickly going into a deep depression and at least brought the hope back that, okay, well, if that's what I want, like, what does an ideal day look like? Who do I need to speak with? Who can help me? What's the one step I need to take today? Where do I need to focus? It's just more questions, more questions. But now there's a plan, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's why I firmly believe, I mean, that's, that was a huge question for me that, that, that obviously pulled me out of that, out of that scenario. But the same is true in the moment when we're not feeling at our greatest we can shift our mood instantly by just thinking, you know, who can I celebrate in my life? Like, 
who supports me no matter what? I mean, immediately you can't be in a fear state and full of anxiety when you're, you're reflecting on gratitude or, or sending someone a message that you're thinking of them, right? So we're always a question away from a completely different outcome. Oh my gosh. Okay, a quick pause here to remind you that you never get in this life what you don't ask for. So I'm going to take my own advice real quick and ask you for something. Would you leave a podcast review on iTunes? Your review would be gold, magic, and yo, it's how we keep these episodes coming to you for free. So if you love the show, would you let me know and leave a review on iTunes? Pause this, review it, and come right back to the show. Okay, thank you. Love you. Goodbye. It's so beautiful. One of the questions that I think uh, has struck me the most so far in personal Socrates was a very simple one, but the hardest for me so far, which is when you asked us to answer, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? So I ask it to you. Who are you, Mark? Who are you at like your core? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I ask that question to every one of my guests on my show, uh, which you'll get soon. I know, which is why I also went, oh my God, thank God I read this book because I would have sat on his show and freaked the fuck out. And isn't that crazy? We live in this body. We think we know who we are. But when someone asks you to quickly and clearly articulate who it is that you are, that is a, a question, I believe, takes some time, but that you better be able to answer on your own behalf, right? So, yeah, yeah. I, I really feel like, so let's dig into it. Who is, who is Mark and why is that question so important? Well, for I asked that question because I want to try to avoid people giving me job titles. Yeah, I can answer that and be like, oh, I'm an author oh, I'm now or I'm an this, author. I'm this. Yeah. Right. But I mean, that's not, that's what we do. That's not necessarily mm. who we are. And what's interesting about a who are you question, I mean, there's definitely some values and I think characteristics that stay with us for, for our entire lives, but there's a lot that changes, right? So who I am right now uh, is very different, I think, from probably the person I was five years ago, not good or bad, but just different. I mean, right mm. now I, I'm probably the most curious I've, I've ever been in my life. I, I really value presence and with, with the presence, you know, even just being here with you, that, that, that lightens my life in the sense that we're talking because of the book and, and, and that's so magical because I don't care about all the, the, like the, the Amazon lists or this and that. I mean, this is the magic. Yeah. Like, we connected because of that, right? And, yeah. and this, who knows where the relationship will go and like this is more of a, this is a lifelong thing versus a, a point in time, right? right? So I would say I'm, you know, I'm a curious human being that just want to wake up, you know, happier most days than not, you know, because I, I, I don't, I, I'm also realistic. That's It's not a 24-hour happiness yeah. fest. <laughs> there um, is no happiness pill unless you're yeah. taking the wrong kind of pills, right? Exactly. Yeah. But if I can, you know, over-index on the happiness front and, and at least make that the majority, then then I know I'm doing the right work mm. because I'm surrounded by, by the people that, that give that energy and, and that I can also return it and, and provide that to others. So I love it. Yeah, I love that's it. how I answer that today. 
I love it. And I think that you provided a perfect context there because you're right. Like people will say, oh my God, Judy, you've changed. Or, oh my God, you've changed. I got a really like sort of shady DM one time and this person was like, from my old corporate past, oh, you've changed. And I was like, well, hell yes, I've changed. My goodness. And I hope you are too. You know what I mean? But your change can make others very afraid, right? Of yeah. what they're not doing for themselves. And so it's okay to change. And you're right, who who I am today may be very different than who I am tomorrow as it should be. And it's certainly different than who I am yesterday. But the, the journey is always to be on the ride and to be present for the ride. So you said yeah. something that was super dope. You're like, okay, I'm present right now. I'm in this moment for this interview. And that is a big deal of the improv theater, right? We're, we're, we're trained to really listen and to be in the moment in order to receive the gifts on stage and make sense of what we've been given. If we're not listening, yeah. you're going to have a pretty shitty improv scene. So it's a, it's a game of listening, really, okay? And so the other thing we do in our community is we prime our courage muscle. You do a lot of mental fitness stuff, right? And I want to ask you about some of your favorite mental fitness practices right now. But before I go there, the way we work on our courageous fitness, our confidence fitness, is we conduct fear experiments. Um, our community uh, does scary things on purpose, like going on camera, speaking up, um, wearing a color they're not used to, trying new foods, listening to new music, like all kinds of little things Love to it. just get more comfortable being uncomfortable. The reason I bring this up is you may not know this. And listener, you definitely don't know this. And I'm about to let you know, I am conducting a fear experiment right now. And it is inspired by you. Oh. So in the book, and oh my God, what interview? It was the guy who's the very at the beginning. Oh, Cal Fussman. Cal Fussman. Oh, yeah, Cal. His yeah. interview, he's one of the best question askers of like all freaking time. And you write that he prepares for an interview by brainstorming everything he wants to ask the person on a piece of paper and then ripping that shit up, <laughs> throwing it away, and then going into the interview present. And in belief, I yes. am literally doing that right now for the first time ever on a podcast interview. I sat down yesterday with a candle and your book and I just brainstormed like anything I'd want to know, like what are all the questions? Nothing was off limits. And then I, I burnt it because there's a spiritual practice in that for me, just sort of yep. letting it rise. And um, I pulled a card before this interview and it was beautiful, and now here we are. And I have not read one question. I have been so here and in the moment with you and for you, and I hope that because of your book and me reading that, like I will forever get better at this practice of interviewing, which is a skill in itself, so I wanna thank you for that and also oh, wow. tell you that I just did it. What a change, like an actionable piece of advice, and I took it. Well, I mean, that warms my heart. So first of all, thank you for sharing that and, and also being vulnerable and trying it out. Holy um, shit. I mean, I feel your presence. Uh, for me, it feels like we're having a great experience <laughs> here. I hope the listeners do as well. I hope you do too. Um, and, you know, I think like the key, the key learning or, or, or what I picked up from Cal with this is, is that and this this happens for any situation is like just to go in trusting our mind right like our mm -hmm. minds are super smart yeah. right but if we if we're if we know we're doing the practices and doing everything we can to keep our mind as clear as possible and then to your point you went in you did the you know you did the research you asked the questions that you're actually interested in and then now 
they're, those are going to come to you as the conversation flows. But it's not this rapid fire of this, this like every question that just doesn't feel like a conversation anymore, right? I mean, right. there's different interview styles, obviously. Totally. But, but yeah, he, he, he really sparked that for me as well. And when you come on, on my show, you'll, you'll experience that. Uh, oh, I flow, can't wait. Cause I've, I've been doing it ever since, uh, I read about it from Cal or he left it with me w- during our interview and you can, and that, that translates like you don't have to be a podcast host or a writer mm-hmm. or an interviewer to, to use the practice, right? It's just, again, priming your mind with the things that you want to know or the questions you want answered and then let it sit and let your mind do the work you can do the same thing you can ask one big question that you're you're um trying to answer whether that's for your own life or for your work and go to sleep and come back first thing in the morning and answer that question same kind of principle i mean our mind we have all the answers they're there we just need to let them come out the sleep thing, when I read about that, I, um, I I was cheering because that's something, that's a practice I've been doing, keeping a notebook by my bed and asking for what I'm stuck on or asking for an answer to something or asking for clarity or, you know, even like lately, it's the the name, we're trying to uh, name something in our, in our, in this new company, this, you know, new lifestyle brand I'm building out, House of Anne, the audience is very familiar. So we're trying to name a couple of things. So I've been really trying to let my subconscious and there's real science, real science and research around, uh, you know, doing this as you sleep. Because in in sleep, our body's actually working. It's repairing itself. And this is where our subconscious goes to work. And so we can get out of our frontal lobe, our head heads, which is great because we're smart and we need to use our minds, but also sort of surrender to um, what could be possible when you sort of let go of the box you feel like you're in and allow sleep to maybe repair what's what's broken inside there. So I don't know if I'm, yeah. I'm saying that right. Certainly not a scientist, but it's a piece of research I'm studying lately and trying to incorporate in my life. Do you do this? Do you do sleep meditation? All the time. Okay. I mean, I, I, I leverage sleep all the time. I mean, I've, I've used that practice often to, to find clarity. I mean, but you can relate it back to, uh, other examples where, where people for sure have felt this, where you have an idea in the shower or yes. you have an idea on a run or something. Yes. Well, the, the commonality or the common point here comes back to, uh, we talked about Ryan Holiday a bit, like we, it's stillness. He talks yeah. a lot about stillness. stillness. When our minds are still, you know, things surface, for example, right? So for, for sleep, I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you're getting your sleep in and then you wake up. I'm always amazed, literally eight to 10 hours earlier had no answer on that question. And, yeah. and here we go. You're flowing with a page of thoughts, for example, but that, you know, that's one. I mean, the other one is, is, uh, if you have a hard time falling asleep, uh, one that I love is just visualizing either an experience that you're about to deliver, like visualizing how you want that to go or how you want the the person on the other side to feel after a presentation, a talk, whatever, whatever it is, or, you know, your life goals. Like you can be the, you can be the character of your own movie when you go to sleep. So good. And I mean, there's a reason why these sleep apps (laughs) are doing so well with like calm stories and heads. I mean, you can do the same thing. 
But just do your, instead of Peter Pan, you know, use your, use your, your goals. Your life. Use your goals. Yeah. Imagine what, I think we're so quick to dress rehearse tragedy. Um, and it's, it, it, it's just like a thing we do, right? Oh my God, what could go wrong? And this, I, what if I bomb or whatever? All we just dress rehearse the worst case scenario. It's much more empowering. And it's the thing fear never expects when we sit down and go, oh my gosh, this is what could go right. And this is how I will feel when I get off that stage and I will look this way and I will say this and the audience will do this and this is what's going to happen after my... Like, I do that before every single talk. I will literally sit and dress for her success. And so when I saw that in your book, I stood up and screamed because I was like, heck yes. And I think the big misnomer people have about the improv theater, and I say this time and time again, is that improvisers are not prepared. Like, we just woohoo, wing it. And honestly, this speaks to everything you're calling us to consider. Preparation is actually how we can improvise in the moment. So an example would be this interview. I sat down yesterday and I have prepared. I have done work on Mark. I have Googled him and researched him and read his works and gotten to know him in my you know, through my keyboard and my computer and everything I could get my hands on, right? And then I do my questions and burn it in the fire. So I have prepared and now I can improvise because, right? Same with the presentation. I have rehearsed and run the drills and dressed rehearsed success so that I can uh, succeed despite disruption on stage. Tech goes down, lose slides, whatever. I know no matter what happens, I will prevail because I've done the work in order to be able to do that. And I think this yeah. book is calling us to do the work that feels oh so uncomfortable, which is actually the most important work we could be doing. It's the work, the real work, you know? Yeah, it's the training. I mean, for me, the, 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 great, the greatest gift that mental fitness has given me is that for a good 12 years, at least five days a week, I'm doing something for my mind. It's not always the same thing, but there's something early morning that I'm doing, whether it's journaling, meditation, or breath work, like something that I have the confidence then that I have the tools when shit's going to happen in the day because life is going to happen, right? That's the big game that we're all playing, right? Just like an Olympic athlete, it's yes. not weird to talk about a, an Olympic athlete visualizing the downhill ski run. Damn I right. Mean, that's that's common. Yes. So why can't we do that with other work mm-hmm. and on a daily basis? Yes. Right? Yes. And then so then when stuff happens, you're responding instead of reacting. Yes. You're not really necessarily thinking about that. You're relying on the training. Mm. Same principle. You're relying on the training, right? Life is improv. We are all improvisers. What is your yeah. day? What does your day look like? What is your day? Do you like make in the morning, manage in the afternoons? That's a Tim Ferriss thing. Do you uh, get up at five a.m. with the birds and sit for an hour in meditation? Do you go to bed at five? Like you got a little kid, you've got a wife, you've got a business. So how do you structure your day and your week? Yeah, well, let's first start by saying that, I mean, the ideal day, I mean, it's not always yeah, ideal like day. that. Ideal day, ideal The disclaimer. ideal day. And, you know, I would say, though, that the early morning is is pretty pretty much a staple. Like, there has to be something pretty significant in the, in the evening to keep me up, knowing that that'll affect my wake-up mm-hmm. time 
given I know that that hour in the morning that I spend on, on mental and physical fitness literally dictates the next 23 hours, including yeah, my sleep. True. So, so yeah, I get up at five, uh, five 34. Don't ask me. I probably five read some 30? sort of five 30, five 30. Okay. Five 34. Like on uh, the dot five on the dot 34. Five thirty-four. Why five thirty-four? I don't know, Judy. I'm sure I read something like this in a in a Tim Ferriss book or something that it was you know just be a little bit off the regular number. And, I love you know, it. Wait, are you OCD? You. Are you a little OCD type? Or are you? I definitely <laughs> no, not am. At all. No, okay, yeah, I've got I've I got some of those so. triggers. Okay, interesting. So you're up so at five thirty-four. Okay. Five thirty-four, and then usually, I mean, the first thing I do is a glass of water. Usually, I'll do maybe a, a ten-minute, either, either some sort of meditation or some breath work. Mm. The key, like, th- and this has been in the last three years, I've released the pressure of having to do a meditation or having to do the breath work, and instead, I'm prioritizing waking up at that time. And knowing I have a toolkit of five to ten things from a mental fitness perspective, five to ten things from a physical perspective, and whatever I need that day, then gets pieced together. Right? It's like the improv of the so morning. So good. Let's just you say. have a toolkit. You have a tool bit. Yeah. Toolbox. Yeah. Toolkit of shit you can go do to pack the first hour of your day with the mental fitness practices that are going to make the rest of the day go better. Absolutely. And they all fall under three buckets. And Mm. I would encourage people to take a a few minutes to just, it doesn't take long, but you can literally do this in in a couple minutes, but fuel the buckets of learning, reflecting, and moving. You know, the movement is is obviously some sort of exercise. And again, sometimes that's doing a Peloton spin class. Sometimes it's taking a walk. Cool. Right. It doesn't have to be the same thing. And then learning, obviously, uh, whether it's podcasts or books and then reflecting usually is something around journaling or taking that that uh, that learning and, and actually applying it. So you can start stacking the practices together. It's mm-hmm. like breath work, for example, yeah. when I do the uh, I'm doing Wim Hof stuff recently where Ooh. he's doing these these breath holds. Is this William? Is this Hoff the, the ice guy? Yeah, Iceman. Oh, cool, Iceman. I'll yeah. link to him. I'll link to him in the in the show notes. So tell me more about this. What's his technique? Yeah, so his thing, technique. It, it's his thing is pretty fun because it's it's a round of three breath sequences where you're you're breathing, you know, big deep breaths, bring in, out, in, out until you get to I think thirty breaths. Whoa! And on on the exhale, you hold, and you hold until you you know. Are essentially about to, to gasp for a breath, and we on need each that one breath, of the thirty, each one of the thirty at the end at of the, the very 30. end. Okay. So the first thirty, and those you're yeah. oxygenating your body essentially. Okay. So then you hold, and you hold it for fifteen seconds and release. Wow. And then you do you do, I mean, he suggests doing three rounds of that. Usually you're getting a bit lightheaded, your body's starting to heat up, you're starting to tingle and whatnot. Um, I mean, he's got a whole bunch of science back to how this helps your immune system and whatnot. I I just feel like it's a great way to start the day. And on the breath holds that by the time you get to the third round, I mean, at least for me, I'm holding my breath of roughly three minutes. It gets easier and easier. Holy cow. So on the breath hold, I visualize the day. <gasps> 
So you stack in that practice. Super dope. So, I love habit stacking, by the way. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like I used to have an old trigger of like coffee and email, and now it's coffee and mindfulness, coffee and journal, yes. coffee and book. So my coffee is my juicy treat, and then my journaling is my juicy treat to myself, right? And so you're habit stacking freaking breath work. So you're visualizing on this exhale. That is incredible. And you have gotten to the point where you can hold your breath for three minutes almost. Yeah, on the last round. It, wow, it, you'll see Mark. it's sequential. I mean, it, it, so or builds, cool. I should say. Yeah, That's the first great. one's probably a minute, a minute and 30 or something, or a minute 40. And then it, you, you'll see as you, cause you just, he has an app, you can time it. Oh, yeah. We'll link up. Yeah. We'll link up in the show notes to The Iceman. And of course, Ice everything Man. Mark Champagne and Personal Socrates. I mean, this book is a work of art. It's published by Baron Fig. Now, if I remember correctly from our very first conversation um, when we first met, this is the first book. Baron Fig has ever published. You are their first book. It, it, do I have yeah. that correctly? Like their notebooks and pens and beautifully designed uh, productivity products. So what an incredible honor slash feat. Baron Fig's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I feel so grateful that that lined up in, in that way. And it's just, I mean, again, I mean, I came across Baron Fig and, and the owner of that company when I was running the journaling app. Because eventually I was looking for a print partner to eventually be offer the option for users to export their digital journals into a high quality product. And I couldn't find uh, a partner that would be able to do that and came across Baron Fig's work. Um, now they couldn't do it either because they, you know, they were doing much larger print runs, but we stayed in touch. And when I started talking about the book and, and you know, what, what it was all about, the owner was like, you know what, we've, we've spent the last eight years producing these pretty complex guided journals and, and also blank ones and nice products and whatnot. We've always wanted to publish a book that is, that falls within the idea of helping because their, their tagline is they create tools for thinkers. Oh. And so they wanted to create, you know, publish a book that helps people think. Mm. And on my side, I've I always been spots. on the other side of it, right? I've never had the tools to, I mean, I had the, the mental fitness tools and talked about mental fitness from that yes. perspective, but never had the physical yeah. tool yeah. to do that. So, yeah, so it's, it's super exciting. And it's been such a, you know, they're a small team out of New York, just a great, great uh, group of people. And uh, we'll see. I mean, there's there's a couple other products now, I think, that will come out next year to support this. Because oh, it's, I'm it's thrilled. been, yeah, I'm thrilled. we're asking for them. So I love <laughs> we'll it. Deliver. Let's go. I'm so excited. If I can get my hands on the Mark Champagne Journal, let's go. Like, I love it. I'm here <laughs> for it. Um, I'll link up to, um, and I feel like Personal Socrates is that, right? It is a journal of reflection and questions. Yeah. And of course, it's intellectual property and thought leadership and, of course, ideas that will spark what's what's possible and what's next for you if you're brave enough to sit down and do the work, which is so exciting. And I'll link up to everything Baron Fig. Uh, but Mark, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you my favorite question to ask every Everyone that comes on the show. Um, and it's this question. So the name of the podcast is Yes And. And the work we are doing leans into the concept of saying yes, right? Getting yourself on the doormat, but then and mm -hmm. being brave enough to open the door, right? And is movement and momentum and magic and all of that. So when I offer up the collective idea, Yes And, to you, what comes up? 
oh, so clear to me for at least right now is it's yes and live mm. because we 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 can say yes and release products and services and all of that and forget to actually live that experience and next thing you know the experience is done done mm. and then you're working on the next thing so for me at least that's the theme of my life right now is yes and live mm. be like be in it like I only get one first book launch yeah you know there'll be other books other products and the, and that'll be the first of that so like give ourselves the permission to enjoy that and yes. experience and learn and, and be energized and meet awesome humans and just yes. live <laughs> Yes, and I am so glad that we met. I am so glad um, that I was able to introduce the Yes And fam to you. And I am so grateful to you for making this beautiful book. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for uh, your curiosity. And just thank you for being a living, breathing human being on this world, making it a better place. You are you are doing it, my friend. And oh, we're you. only just getting started. I can't wait to watch you soar. Oh, I mean, I am lit up. Thank you so much for <laughs> those welcome. kind words and for your energy. I, I mean, this is, this is what it's all about. It is. Well, thanks for being here, Mark. You're the best. Okay, I hope... You loved that episode as much as I loved making it for you. How awesome is Mark? Oh my God, I got so many good ideas. I mean, even the idea of scrolling through your phone to just glance visually at your year and photographs will really give you a visual snapshot of your priorities and what you moved through in the spring, in the summer, in the winter, and you know what, what really makes up the heartbeats of your life. I thought that was a really cool exercise, right? So anyway, so many ideas. Talk to me on Instagram. Send me a DM. Let me know what you think about this episode. Tag me, tag Mark. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We want to know you're loving this, this episode. So talk to us, all the things. And you can always go old school. Send me an email to hello at judyholler.com. We check that inbox every day. We love hearing from you. We love your show ideas. We love your feedback. We love your inspiration. And oh my God, we love your podcast reviews. So I thank you for that. I thank you for listening. I thank you for sharing. And I thank you for your courage. Until we meet again next week, keep opening the door, baby. We'll see you soon.